click that fancy record button and was unicorn heads um i don't know if that's the artist or the song it also says serial dream rock so i really don't know what any of that means but that was unicorn heads of some sort hello everybody welcome this is the hidden oaks overdose football fix podcast i am one of the hostesses garlic we're also joined by the other hostesses. hi folks that was mr josh himself josh we have an email address in case you ever wanted to reach out to the show hidden oaks overdose at gmail.com facebook.com slash hood pod we have a phone number, but the quality is shit, so ho- thankfully no one uses it at this point. But I don't like Anchor, so I don't know what to do there. Segment start times, description below, per use. Levi Oki illustration on Instagram, if you ever want to reach out to that man. He made that beautiful art you're seeing right now. Josh, how you doing? I'm a bit sleepy. I'm not so sure I like the uh, the whole getting dark at 4 o'clock thing. <laughs> yeah, because you, you, you leave the office at 4.30? Somewhere around there. It depends on the day. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, you probably don't. You probably get there when it's like the sun's just rising. Yeah, it's as like well. oh, what a beautiful day! It's going to be so great sitting inside four walls and a door. Hey, some people only got four walls, Josh. You're lucky to have a door. All right, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Shout out to the prisons. Shout out to the prisons. Although they would have a bathroom in there, and you have to leave your room. Well, do you leave your room to go to the bathroom, Josh? Depends on if I bring a big enough bucket. <laughs> Oh God! I don't Funny know. story about that, actually. All right, go for it. GNC, not not the ones that I worked at, but GNC in Riverdale. I used to volunteer there, sub there for a bit, and they had a they had a gallon of water in the back. Just but it a, wasn't like water. Jug. They had a jug of jug back there because the bathrooms you had to close the entire store down. Mm-hmm. You had to go down the hall, down the stairs unlock the door and then you had to do your business and then leave it could be a 20 minute process just a pee sometimes because sometimes people are using that bathroom and apparently one day security stopped them or they got bag checked by a regional manager and they asked what was in the bag and he goes it's a jug he's like i need to see it do you really want to see my piss jug he was living the trailer park boys dream before trailer park boys had dreams boy what's it what is it roy is Ricky's dad is Roy? What's his name? Ray. Ricky's, Ray. Oh, I was one letter off. Ray would be proud. Yeah. Uh, well, didn't you have a similar situation in Duluth? Though? Didn't, didn't you have to like shut the gate or whatever if you wanted to go to the bathroom for longer than what do you what do you call it like a power squad or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Anything longer than that, you needed to close the gate. But I like to live life on the edge, and I so just go grunt for half a second, pinch it off, go do a lap, and then go back and pinch another well, loaf off, or pretty much keep the uh, or you keep the door open and you just help people from the back. Ah, laxatives are over there. Aisle three. How's your day going, Gar? Uh, good. I mean, pretty uneventful. I was without Xbox for approximately 36 hours, and some would say it was the worst 36 hours of my entire existence. Um, 
and I'm one of those people who'd say that. So that's, <laughs> that's how you know it's for real. What was the first thing you did when you turned it back on? I had to do an update. So I think I updated the console and then I had to update both Fortnite and COD. So that's pretty who much all I did. Fortnite nowadays? I sure do, guy. I'm trying not to spend dollars on it. So I got to keep my levels up. I suppose. Um, but so that was that. I, the job search continues. Pretty still uneventful so far, but hopes are up there. Um, so I do, we haven't talked about it in a bit, just very briefly, Podcast Wars, we've mentioned it a few times. The doors on the Victorious POD have again been shuttered. The, that podcast will no longer exist. Um, you have to start with the most dramatic take first. Alex and Dave are apparently moving to the land of 10,000 plus coons, which those guys had retired and now Alex is taking it over, I guess. I don't know what, what that means. I haven't listened to the first episode yet because it doesn't exist. Sounds like uh, sounds like they've got a lot of turnover, which is kind of an alarming uh, thing for a company. Uh, thankfully, uh, we're not part of that coaching tree. Yeah, no, absolutely. They're they're like the uh, they're like the Leslie Frazier offensive coaching tree, or Brad Childress, Mike Tice. I don't know what's a bad court, what's a bad all coaching the, all tree. All those are bad. All those yeah, are bad. No, that's I mean, them. as head coaches, like as positional coaches, those guys are fine. But oh, as yeah. a head coach, he, whereas we're Rex and Rob Ryan over here, hundred percent success elite. all of the time. Oh yeah, you remember Mark Sanchez Jets? They beat the Patriots in the playoffs. Yeah. Do you want to know who else has done that? Nobody. Literally no one ever. Ever. Yep. Suck it, nerds. Uh, so they are moving on and up, I guess, because I'm pretty sure that pod, the other podcast they're moving to had a bigger fan base. So good for them, I suppose. Love you, Alex and Dave. Ryan is also back. Mr. Walters himself. He's doing his podcast thing after like a three-week hiatus. So he exists. That's about it. All right. Well, they're on the same podcast now, aren't they? The Land of 10,000? No, the Land of 10,000 Plus Coons was the one that inspired Alex, and then Ryan split off to the Land of 10,000 Plus Pods. So there's still two different podcasts. Oh, but I, I guess got, Alex I got is confused. doing it for a different league now. I, I don't know how that works. The first episode hasn't been released yet under Alex's reign. All right. No, that's fine. Good for him. So those things exist. Most of our <laughs> listeners don't care, but assuming Alex or Walters throws us a pity listen, those are, those are some facts for you. Uh, Josh, want to jump right into them hot takes? I actually typed one up, and that is that Miami finishes ahead of the Jets in the standings this year. Is that like three and thirteen to two and fourteen, or what do you what do you think the finals are there? Well, I think it's going to be a uh, two, three and thirteen to three and thirteen, but Miami has the the tiebreaker. The tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> what an interesting time to be a Miami Dolphin in general. Uh, mine is that mine's a little bit of an overreaction, but I said Dallas missed the playoffs. They're not going to make it as a wild card. The only way they make it currently is if they win their division team's trending in the wrong direction eagles are question mark as well but i think the eagles will squeak them out in the end hopefully that's good for dallas because dallas should not have jason garrett as a coach anymore so hopefully that's good for them but hot take of the week dallas is not in the postseason i'd clap to that would you clap to that how many how many claps is that worth josh uh that is definitely worth two overhead claps a hip clap and then uh three rapid claps while jumping wow i don't even think i've seen him do the rapid claps while jumping that's because he's a rookie He'd be shot in the South, I think, if he were to leave the ground. True. No jumping in the South. Welcome to the Fan Tasty Zone, brought to you by White Claw and Strawberry Arnold Palmer. Double sponsor, because we're double the goodness of any other pod we in are, this area. <laughs> we're rolling in the dough. Still, We're still saying a number one podcast that's recorded in Big Lake on Wednesday nights. That's got to be us, right? In my basement, for sure. <laughs> well, for sure. All right. Uh, so the fan tasty zone, Josh. We had some some stuff going on this week with injuries. Yeah. No. Um. 
sadly, this is a spoiler, I lost a T. Um, and he had Sanders and Lockett. Sanders went down with a rib injury after I texted him to fake something. Um, and then Lockett actually had a very scary situation where he almost lost his leg. Um, it was not pretty. Compartment issue, compartment syndrome um, after a bruise. Um, I did read today that he's doing fine, so it sounds like he actually has a chance to play this weekend. Sanders, I haven't heard any updates on. Then again, I haven't looked. Um, and then David Johnson. Just, I don't know if he's hurt or if he's just is like... Dude's clearly not 100% regardless right. of what he says. I watched him play up. today and, and they're like, um, note, this is not in slow motion. I was like, it can't be that bad. Dude was walking. <laughs> he's a, Something is not right yeah, with the DJ. So, From one DJ to another, I would know. Something's going on there. Absolutely. And I did a little bit of DJing in college. I played the, uh, played the hits at the parties. Um, usually it was just, you know, a party of myself in my, in my room, but, but it was um, a rager. It was a rager. All right. And, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a struggle bussing fan mail. Both of them, I think happened afternoon today. No, we got, you've one. got mail. The uh, first one came from Brian yesterday. Uh, Mr. Brian Knup writes in, congrats on beating up on a team that started one player that was drafted in the 10th round. See you again in the playoffs. Love the grum. I was Brian congratulating me because I kicked his ass in the redraft league. Wait, 10th, ra- 10th round's a big deal now? Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure Mark Andrews was 13th round for me and he started every week. Oh, I think he's saying that only... I think he's saying only one of his players was drafted and that one player that was drafted was in the 10th round. Oh. I think the, is the point he's making. Okay, yeah, no, that's more impressive. <laughs> right. I mean, he's still lost. I don't know how impressive well, it is. I mean, you know, it's one of those... Uh, Putting together a starting lineup isn't that big of a deal. Exactly. I mean, we watch Nate do it every... Well, not every week, but... Hey, he still has a chance. <laughs> Te- very technically, he does still have a chance. Uh, so that was Brian giving me some love. Brian, I love you as well. Um, and then, so I'll just go to... Br- well, I guess it starts with Hammer. So we got to go back. we got to go to the Facebook.com slash mail. And so, essentially, for any of our league listeners, um, I put out the pod, the, the Facebook post, like always, and Hammer, li- literally, all the, he initiated with this was, this for real, question mark, and then he tagged my personal Facebook page. And so, it's a trade between Josh and Nate. Josh, Hi. <laughs> Josh is trading away Miles Sanders and D.D. Westbrook for Nate's Lamar Jackson, and in that trade, Nate has to drop uh, the Browns. So, we never did get into it. Maybe Hammer's most upset about him having to drop the Browns. You think that's what it is? Yeah. He's upset about Nate having to drop the Browns? Yeah. Why do you think that would be? I'm just trying to be funny. <laughs> I was hoping there'd be a little more elaboration to your funny. It's too late. Okay. I mean, sometimes you can like really come up with something on the spot. So that's, oh. I guess that's what I was thinking. But anyway, so that's the trade. Controversial to some. I know my initial reaction was this trade seems severely lopsided it's also worth noting for context that nate is two and eight well he was two and seven when the trade was accepted um or no i guess that so technically he accepted it monday he probably did it was sent it was sent when he was two and seven he had a chance at the playoffs right he has kyler murray who is also a top tier quarterback in fantasy this year it's true and lamar jackson was sitting on his bench and so i thought maybe i'll try and move some of my pieces to him dd westbrook's usually my starting lineup um miles sanders is not i know saquon's hurt and he has carlos hyde and joe mixon who have had down years so i figured why not did i think i was getting the better end of the deal absolutely right but at the same time he was still improving his team in the process all right i mean so that's the whole point of a trade right you're always trying to get the most value without giving out any value or giving out the least amount of value so that's understandable um 
I, th- I guess I think people just think it's it's very close. And so Hammer started this conversation. And on Facebook, I was like, Hammer, I see what you're saying. And on a personal level, I feel you. But also as like the majority commissioner, the only commissioner, however you want to look at it, Whoa! depending on who you are. Well, I know. <laughs> um, but so I was like, I can't really touch this too heavily myself because I'm too polarizing as it is. So Hammer, if you feel strongly about this trade, you get the conversation going. And so the conversation's been going. Um, you know, Hammer, you know, he put out his points, and then he was like, hey, if you don't like this, text Vito. And so we've had a couple people text in Vito. We've also had a couple people text and accept. I think right now... Robin just came in with veto, um, so I think it's like five except six veto. So it's a very split issue, very close. Um, and so to, I don't know how deep we want to get into it, but if you want to be very technical and like if you're looking at it from like a very strictly lawful slash rule standpoint, there's no rules broken here. The trade deadline hasn't happened. Josh went through the proper channels. The trade was accepted Monday. There's a 24-hour review period, and the trade was fulfilled on Tuesday. The players swapped teams. Um, so everyone had a chance to veto the trade if they didn't like it. I'm guessing what happened is no one checked their email or checked the app or didn't get the push notification that the trade happened. That's not really Josh's fault. At the same time, again, the trade does seem lopsided. So even though Josh went through all the proper channels, Josh did not break any rules. Um, you know, so he didn't. You know, again, he didn't break any rules. I think it's more of an ethical issue for some people. They're thinking the trade is too one-sided, and that Josh is getting much more benefit from a team that is essentially out of contention. Even at two and seven, Nate needed a lot of help to get in the playoffs. Two and eight now, technically still has a chance, but a lot of things would have to happen. So it's more of an ethics issue at this point, and. I don't know. I guess I'll just read. Well, here. So what Brian also said, Brian, we got a second email from Brian. He said, so a hornet's nest has been opened. Why is the trade deadline during our playoffs? And Josh, I can't answer that question. I don't know why our trade deadline is in the playoffs. I don't know either. So there you go, Brian. We don't, I guess it just is. There's your educated answer. (laughs) It just is. Ask the commissioner. Right. Okay. So I'll just, I'll, again, we don't want to get too deep into it. Oop. That's uh, that's the wrong text thread. So we'll read Josh's final points and Hammer's final points because they've been kind of the two big piece heads of this. So Josh starts with, so there's a few issues I have with this. One, you had your chance to veto this trade. It's not my fault if people turn push notifications off. It's a valid point. It's not Josh's fault. Waivers have gone through and had this trade been rejected, I would have likely spent my first priority on a QB. That's also true. Josh also does, cannot get those initial round of QBs now. Nate's an able-bodied adult. That's questionable. And when I sent, <laughs> just kidding. And when I sent this trade, it was before the games. Yada yada. We didn't text anything before, so Josh is essentially saying there's no collusion. I mean, Josh made his first offer, expecting a counter, and the counter never came. And then Josh um, used the argument of trade analysis. He's put it into some websites, and some are saying it's a fair trade. Some are saying Josh loses. Some are saying Josh wins. I mean, those all those trade websites. I'm sure have different inputs and outputs, but he's saying it's split. It's not super lopsided. Uh, Hammer said, "Here's my final take." Well, hang on. The reason I the reason I put that in there, and yes, I understand that it's split in those sides. There, you got to take those with a grain of salt. Um, but usually, if you see an extremely lopsided trade, it would pop up as extremely lopsided. Sure. And so, and and I, and it would be consistent because consistency is key across all of those websites. That was why I put it in there. Sure. 
And then so Amher's final take is, my final take is I'm just saying from the outside it looks fishy, which I think that's a valid point. Josh says Nate's team got better. I disagree. That's debatable. Um, he's already got two other running backs besides Saquon that are pretty much the same production as Sanders. And there were three, four receivers on the waiver wire that were just as good as DD. I, I haven't validated that. But to the um, running back point, Josh, you did say that Miles Sanders averages more than his other two, which is technically correct, but it was by like 0.1 and 0.6. So a lot of very comparable. Right. And, and, and if you take it, if you take a look at his scores the you know he's a rookie first couple weeks he wasn't putting up points and those are factored into his averages sure i mean yeah so that's not wrong um he said i have no doubt that josh just threw the trait out not expecting nate to accept it but it still seems extremely lopsided if the majority is cool with it or garlic deems that the trade would be unfair to negate or if it would be unfair to negate the trade now i'm fine with it but i just wanted me though the league to know about it so i mean there's a lot to unpack there and I don't know. That's just kind of the situation that it is. So, the, again, one more time, the trade is Lamar Jackson. Josh is receiving for D.D. Um, Westbrook and Miles Sanders. So, causing some controversy today. And it sucks even more that the trade has already gone through an ESPN. So, it would be one thing if we were trying to veto it during the review period. But that's already coming past. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah. Why have a review period? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so... We it, also did just get another veto vote. So, if we get one more, that means that it's... It would have been vetoed if they would have voted at the right time, but since it wasn't during the right time, then we have an issue. Yeah, it's just, and it's that just issue might situation. Uh, that issue is going to lead to further issues down the road, depending on what happens. Well, I mean, no one, no one's going to walk away from this happy since because since it's so split, it's not lopsided veto or accept. So, so, so some party's going to be leaving from this upset, and it's understandable um, with a divisive issue. So. Uh, hopefully the league could like there so we still haven't heard from i think three people and so hopefully they can just kind of decide the majority of rules then we can put it to bed but if it stays if like if it comes down to seven seven that's going to be terrible and trying to make that decision is going to be awful but that's well, i mean then at the same time then we have to revert all of the waivers go through all that process i mean that won't happen so then we we can't take the trade back i mean they would just say it's a consequence of your quote unquote and this isn't me saying it i'm saying this would be the counter argument it'd be an unethical trade because that happened your consequence was you didn't get the waivers i'm not i'm gonna be honest i'm not gonna go through and reverse the waivers that's too much work all right no that's fine i just i just feel like then it's not a uh, fair situation overall because that's unethical as well on their part um ah yeah i guess i don't guess i don't see the unethical I mean, I'm just saying, part of it I, i'm gonna stick with my point my first point there is a review period for a reason it's not my fault if they turned their notifications off and they didn't check it during that time not only was it not our review period is 24 hours which is tech is 24 hours shorter than most but it wasn't even brought up till what 72 hours later or no not 72. i mean I, I brought it up right away technically I you did and to you voted in, to tn um bradley i think and you, and you voted on the vote from what i understand i did i did absolutely and so that's fair if it would have gotten turned down monday no big deal i might have thrown nate a different offer maybe something closer to the center closer that people would have said okay that's a little bit fair but it didn't get turned down and because of that people who only check their phone once a week for some reason they have a big deal with it so well i mean i i think i ultimately comes again you didn't break any rules so that's your point is that there's a review period you did everything above right, the so board. i'm punished so if it gets vetoed i'm punished for not breaking rules whereas well, again, they're changing rules in order to get me punished 
they're not changed. So it, again, it's an it's an ethical versus like a lawful. I don't know if lawful is the right word, but you didn't break any rules. But it's like, is this is this trade in good faith or is this trade does it hurt the integrity of the league? Quote unquote would be some of the arguments I could see coming out. As but then like, wouldn't the counter argument to that be going through the regular process, changing things after the regular process has gone through? Doesn't that hurt the integrity of the league? Because now every trade after this can be subject to, well, hang on, maybe someone didn't get a chance to vote and then brought up. And then as you see in here, everybody afterwards who said veto just said veto. No reason behind it. Everybody that said, yeah, that's a fine trade. Nate has Kyler Murray, not a great quarterback, and his team did improve with the two position players. Nate has Kyler Murray. So people who are accepting it have reasoning behind it. People that are vetoing it are just saying veto. Well, I mean, they... uh, so a, a veto, whatever, groundwork was already laid for them. So, I mean, like Hammer put out points for veto. I can understand if they're not adding more, but... That's that's fair. Um, but I know I definitely see what you're saying. And we don't want to go into this too long, but ultimately it's going to come down to, since Josh didn't break any rules, should we just keep the trade going through? Because obviously that's what happened. Josh did nothing wrong. And so, you know, half the side is arguing it would be unfair to take this away from Josh and Nate if Nate cares about this trade. Though Josh admitted it's unlikely Nate cares. And I think almost everyone in the agree would agree or would agree that Nate doesn't care about fantasy at this point in the year. So that's a factor. But it would be ultimately, is this... Is the is the, did the right thing happen? I think is the biggest issue to some people, and you know that's where the ethical situation, the moral dilemma of what right and wrong, which is so subjective, which makes this difficult. You know what's right to Josh is not right to. I don't even say Hammers and Josh's morals and ethics are that different, but obviously they're on two different sides of this. Hammers saying that even though this went through the proper process, this trade is too lopsided and should be vetoed now that we did notice it. So it's a matter of does the right thing ultimately happen at the end, or did we have our window and it's shut? Um, is the deal and so that's how it's going to be and we should probably stop talking about it now i think we tried to cover it pretty fairly i think we saw both sides um but so that's what happened and uh trade controversy here at the end and uh, at the end of the season we can definitely talk about should the trade review period be longer um what else could you i don't know what else you would talk about but just the the trades and how they work and or when the trade deadline is that's the other one so the timing of the trade deadline and the trade review period are worth discussing after the season so that'll be that okay josh that was super fun you want yeah no i mean my my final thought is is that if it gets reversed well fuck you guys because honestly i went through all the proper process nate accepted it whether or not he put any thought into it that's up to him it's not as if i texted him ahead of time but i'm i'm just saying you know maybe you're scared hammer maybe you're scared jamie maybe everyone's scared because they figure okay now josh has an actual quarterback but at the same time it's it's complete bullshit that you don't check your phone until the day before the thursday night games and now you expect to change grow up Uh, that's that's a final stance to have for sure um sounds like it might get more personal than it should um no (laughs) all right so another that took way longer than we planned the segment to go but i had another thing planned Uh, i gotta boot that up real quick so josh a couple times this season you've talked about kirk cousins and checking down and throwing very short passes uh it's come up i think at least on three separate occasions um i'm gonna play a sound clip from two different snippets from the podcast if it'll play was that touchdown to adam thielen that was on a short pass where thielen just did all the incorrect no okay i was just okay that's fine they looked revamped. Cousins came out hot. Um, he took a lot of safe passes 
I mean, he did. I know they wanted. I think one of the things that Diggs and Thielen said, maybe it was just Thielen. Um, he wanted him to take more chances downfield, trust his receivers, because last year that's what he did. I mean, he threw the ball downfield and they caught the ball. This year, it seems like his ball. I mean, air travel for that ball is only five yards or less. It seems he's throwing a lot of short passes, a lot of things, and and there's there's been times where he definitely hasn't had time, especially in that Chicago game. This one he did um, have a couple deeper throws, but I think on the two touchdown passes they were kind of crossing short crossing drag routes um i can't remember them off the top of my head but i do part of me wants to say that mentally i thought to myself why he just he's just throwing it short and making thielen's making moves or um not necessarily Diggs because Diggs has not done much at all this year but um but that's yeah, still true cook, cook is catching more balls than Diggs this season and so um he's doing he's still doing the check down thing and and, and while it was nice he threw the ball 30 times and completed 20 that's what I just cut the clip off there. You went on just a little bit more about that. That was after the Giants game. That was week five, I believe. Um, and then you mentioned it again in text during the Sunday night game. So it had bugged me on a personal level. I'm like, Kirk Cousins is not throwing the ball that short. Um, specifically in the Giants. I had called you out in, via text after the Giants game because you said the two touchdowns were a short crossing passes. Like, no, one of them was a corner route. Probably only traveled through the air like 18 yards, but it wasn't like just a check down. And the other one was a post to Thielen that probably traveled. 15 18 yards in the air check down um, <laughs> that's a, ch- a post route is a check down well yeah in madden i throw the ball 60 yards downfield every time right um so instead of just putting josh's like intuition against mine and josh's potential bias against my potential bias i just pulled up some next gen stats provided by the nfl themselves very truthiness very true very truthiness um you got josh you got to use the argument that supports you the best if you don't have any facts that can support you that's where the truthiness comes in today we just looked at the numbers for what they are. So we have four stats here. We have the average um, completed air yards, which is how far, how far the ball travels in the air from the line of scrimmage. So not from where he throws. From the line of scrimmage to where the receiver catches it. There's intended air yards, which is the same thing, just not completed passes. Uh, just erase a number. Damn it, Josh. Um, and then so there's aggressiveness, which is whether or not um, the quarterback is throwing into a, sh- a small window, which is determined by being within one yard of the receiver or not. And then air yards to the sticks. So how far from the sticks are, are the passes being thrown? A negative number would, of course, be behind the sticks, and a positive number would be the balls being thrown in front of the sticks. So Kirk, is um, he has a completed air yards of um, 6.1 on average per pass, which is 18th in the league. His intended air yardage is 7.9, which is 20th. His aggressiveness is 9.5%, which is dead last out of 38 quarterbacks tested. That was 38th out of 38. And then his air yards to the sticks is a negative 1.2, which is 19th in the league, meaning he's throwing it on average um, a yard and a foot essentially behind the yard, the, the sticks. Um, so I know Josh never made this about Rogers, but just to leave Rogers as like a benchmark since Rogers is regarded as better than Kirk in every way. And I'd have to agree. His completion is actually lower than Kirk's. He's throwing at 5.8, um, air yards, which is 22nd in the league versus Kirk's 18th. He's intending to throw the ball further at 8.5, which is 14th to Kirk's 20th. His aggressiveness is slightly higher at 13% to Kirk's 9.5. So Aaron Rodgers is 33rd out of all That's the quarterbacks. That's just because of all of the separation these wide receivers get <laughs> all your elite receivers yeah it could all of, be all of the whitewater wisconsin kids it could be and then average yard to the sticks he is negative 0.4 which is just behind the sticks less than half a yard um 
which is 14th in the league. So overall, they're pretty comparable. Overall, Rodgers is slightly above her in aggressiveness and um, yards to the sticks and intended yards, but Kirk is on average completing more um, passes with further air yards. So it's pre- they're pretty close, but just take those numbers for you, Will. Josh, I wasn't trying to change your opinion by any means, but just showing that I guess Kirk isn't dunking down all the time. And uh, well, Yeah, and, and I mean, kind of – I'm not saying you're taking the you took you kind of put words in my mouth that sort of thing because I, I have said it a lot and I'm not going to deny it. Sure. Um, but um, when I and I did mention it in the text later on because it could have been because um, it was it it seemed to be misinterpreted. Kirk against uh, Dallas threw the ball you know six seven yards just right in front of the line of scrimmage. I mean the ball traveled about that far so it went you know three yards about um, in front of the line of scrimmage almost every play on a single drive and i was like okay well, I was, I was dallas like the, has to pick up on this that was the uh, if i it was the two minute drill right before the half so they're right. probably in prevent yeah and, and and that's just it is um it seemed like dallas was playing it was more of a knock on their defense because it's like isn't anyone going to cover that guy but instead right. they were in that prevent and then um i know that the announcers on that last play said wow there's very little aggression there and that and that's true but yeah i mean um, he's dead last in aggression i won't argue with that you could you know try and spin that how you want but dead last is dead last in aggression but yeah, until the day I die, Kirk Cousins only throws the ball one yard downfield. <laughs> there you go. So those are just some numbers. Again, I don't think Josh's or mine's eyes were going to change. Maybe it would just take away some bias and you can look more at the numbers. But fun fact, for all those stats we listed, um, average completed air yards, intended air yards, aggressiveness, and air yards to the sticks, Matt Stafford leads all those categories, or did as of before the Monday night game. So shout out to Matty Stafford. Okay, Josh, we talked a lot about trades for a long time. We talked about some numbers that we probably didn't intend to talk about too uh, too deep into the past. You want to talk about some home results, Josh? Green Bay won. They're good. Bikes won. Even better. No. Prime time on the road. Hostile environment. Team with the winning record. Yeah. No, uh, I think we won the Super Bowl, according to some Vikings fans. This well, is was, it. We've, we've made it. We've I was going to say. There's nothing yeah, left. I, I felt like if I visited the Vikings subreddit, I was going to leave with, you know, just a bunch of skull, skull. It would have been covered in hot dish dribble for sure. Um, but so, yeah, both our teams won. Uh, my notes were it was a good team win. Uh, we started hot. We went up 14-0, but then we had that lull in the middle. We let them come back. They scored, I think, either 14 or 21 unanswered on us. Um, so we had a lull in the middle, and then we finished well. We stopped them on defense. We got some more points on offense. So it was just like the Eagles game if, for anyone who watched that. Good hot start. We lulled in the second slash third quarter, finished hot. So a very similar script there. Zim was steadfast in his commitment to stop the run. Even when his secondary was getting shredded, he's like, Zeke will not run the ball, which I think he ended up with 20 or like 21 carries for 47 yards, which is terrible for a man like Zeke. You could see at the end of the game, Zeke, and he's been accused of this a couple times, but Zeke essentially gave up. Like he was not running hard on that one. I think it was a second to last run. Like he got tackled for a loss and he literally just like laid down like fuck this game you know so he wasn't having a good day we got in his head a little bit maybe but that's what sim wanted to do so it happened um and just shout out to him you know amari cooper was shredding us and you know we weren't in good position sometimes but sometimes amari cooper was catching the ball probably what five feet out of bounds his entire wingspan was extended while his toes were just barely in the grass and good luck defending that nine times out of ten Amari Cooper is a special talent and good on deck for having that accuracy. But we won, so suck it, nerds. Yeah, and I mean, I, I said a lot about Zeke looking kind of 
bad. Um, but the scheme on D had a lot to do with it. Fair catch. Um, oh, yeah, there's a punt in the fourth um, when they were trying to make their comeback at the end there. There was a fair catch, and there were a lot of yards in front of him. <laughs> I, I wrote down, I don't even know what that number is, but it's more than 4 billion um, yards. Um, and then the run on third and short when they, they'd been shredding the defense with passing. And then they – it. I know I texted it to you, but the last they, three plays, the they last were three plays, the they were trying to get the, Zeke the, the ball. That's the second to last series, but yeah, because they threw a hail mary at the end. But the oh, yeah, second right. to last yep. series, there was second down, third down, fourth down. For whatever reason, they were insistent on giving the ball to Zeke. It was a run, run, and then a flat route to Zeke. All yep. three failed, of course. And that flat route was covered pretty well. Er, yeah, Eric Kendrick, so, shout out to him. Yeah, so it was it was not. Not a good uh, play calling to close the game there, the second to the last drive for Dallas. You think um, Jerry Jones was sitting up in that suite of his and was like, I paid that fucker $100 million, $50 million guaranteed, get him the goddamn ball. You think Jerry's that much of a hothead? Yes. Um, Cousins did overcome his biggest criticisms, but I'm sure, um, as, as we know with the media, they're going to say something along the lines of, well, it's a team game, so oh, you can't Dalvin really... Co- it was Dalvin Cook, wasn't Kirk Cousins. I mean, yeah. Kirk, Kirk Cousins wasn't amazing. He was pretty average, efficient. He won the game. Yeah, no he was, a, he was a, what is it, $84 million game manager. I guess so. I guess <laughs> and, and so. That's, I mean, it's a win, so who cares? Yeah, right. Um, but at the same time, um, media is going to media. Um and then I mentioned here, you know, what we talked about with the checkdowns. Dallas gave um, – Dallas seemed to give Cousins those first five yards on every pass, um, and he took them if it ain't broke, you know. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, Kirk's so definitely I, throw to the open guy, so yep, if no, it's open, and, he's going to so, throw it. And at least he's not ponder because he hits the open guy um, <laughs> most of the time. Some, yeah, the, don't look at that Chiefs game. We won't talk about the Chiefs game. Otherwise, he hits the open guy most of the time. Packers! They apparently cheated to win 24-16 to over Carolina. McCaffrey only gained – 108 rush yards and 33 pass or receiving yards. Nah, I don't know how that happened. I think he was taking a nap. He's washed up. It's um, done. Sell him. Yeah. Um, Jamie, you want to give me McCaffrey? McCaffrey for who's a who's scrub on your team? <laughs> I don't have scrubs on my team. Okay, Josh. Um, three sacks, one interception, inter- and a fumble recovery is nice for the defense. Um, they're definitely a turn-the-ball-over team um, and then do well. Lazard finished with second in the team with targets and had some nice plays. I think he's moving up that uh, depth chart um, and, and Aaron Rodgers' trust um, pretty quickly. And so that that's nice to see because he's a big boy. He looks like a tight end out he, there. He, yeah, he's um, tall for sure. Once again, I, I think I put the note in there a couple weeks ago. Aaron Jones is good. Um, I don't know if you know this, but he's better than Chris McCaffrey just because he has more touchdowns than him this year. So suck it, white guy. Um, it doesn't lead the league in rushing, though. Who cares? That's a dumb stat. How many points do you get for rushing? One point for 10 yards. How many points do you get for duck down? Six. Do you think Aaron Jones is a higher fantasy position than Dalvin Cook? He's not. Okay. I think they're two and three. Really? Yeah. That'd be interesting. I think. No, I'm. I'm fairly confident that Dalvin's no, I'm, two. I'm not saying you're wrong. I genuinely well, have no idea. So now it depends it. on you, PPR. You read your notes, and I'm going to look. Because I mean, Dalvin's been talking. I've been catching a lot of screens this year, so it's, it's a yeah. Dalvin likes to hold balls in his hands. That's for sure. <laughs> what a fucking loser. Uh, so my only what note for this pack versus Carolina game was it was a good um, R E L A X game for the pack. You know, they had just got stomped by the Chargers unexpectedly to pretty much the entire world. Um, they were rushing the ball in an abusing fashion against Carolina, so that was good for them. Have the ground game going. 
And that was a good goal line stand at the end. Um, I, I don't know if it was eight downs. It was for sure at least four. I thought that was a penalty in there, but maybe not. But anyways, they stopped McCaffrey at the end. And, you know, that, was to, that wasn't to win. That was to tie because for some reason Ron Rivera went for two earlier in the game and didn't get it. So they're down by eight. But, you know. Analytics, man. Carolina had a chance and they didn't punch it in. So, you know, good for them. And, uh, you know, this Packers team is, if you look to the Jaguars of like two, three years ago, the Bears of last year, their defense, a lot of their success is on turnovers on the defense, which as you've seen is, has not been sustainable for those last two teams. But this Packers offense is significantly better than that Jaguars or Bears team ever was. So, no, 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 no. Bortles? Come on. You're In right. a heartbeat. The, the boat. Uh, In a I'll heartbeat. Give it, I'll give it to the boat. Sit down, Rogers. <laughs> Uh, but so yeah so that defensive success is not is not likely sustainable with all those turnovers into the year's future but uh, as long as if they stay similar and rogers stays rogers this team's going to do a lot of good for the next yeah, couple and, of years and i would say that um turnovers are huge but they've had they've had quite a few decent goal line stands so sure yeah and, and that's great and they're a bend but don't break but you know hang on just give me the ball here and i'll take care of it for you don't mind me just yeah i mean it's 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 well-rounded football and as a packers fan that's something that i don't think i've had to witness got to witness since the super bowl run that they had where they were actually top 10 defense i don't think they're top 10 at this point in the league in the year uh, yeah it depends on like in yardage probably not but and they I, missed, it depends yeah, they missed darnell savage for a few games and he's as a rookie he's coming he's made an impact and, and so he's kind of getting reacclimated to things after coming back from his injury um and so I'm hoping that with this bye week, they go into San Fran healthy. If they beat San Fran, they're in a good spot to actually take the one seed. And if you would have told me that in the beginning of the season, I probably would have laughed you out of my house. All right. Yeah, it's a lot of football left to be played, but they're certainly in a great no, position. No, 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 no. Just enough football to be played. Just enough football to be played, but they're in a good position. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the Week 10 watchable moments. Josh, did you watch the Thursday night game that is prehistoric to us at this point or no? What? Did there you was watch a Thursday? The th- last thursday there was i did a not i did not watch it because i think i was busy doing chores I th- that, that would sound believable if i thought you did chores more often than once a week when your wife has the whip out and she's literally demanding that you do chores maybe that was that thursday though could have been no she was asleep i think i was playing cod could have been uh but anyway so two of my probably second and third favorite t- current t- uh, teams played each other los angeles chargers in oakland um the game was close pretty much to the end it was an exciting game of football not quite didn't live up to the hype of the monday night game we witnessed but we'll get there um, but it was a good game for me to watch i love both those teams ultimately rivers had a chance at the end to let a, a lead a game-winning drive uh he went 0 for 8 <laughs> with a pick so dude <laughs> dude was rough um he was out there he's known for two things making babies and chucking maybes and he chucked a lot of maybes that game and charges lost atlanta new orleans thought it'd be a I, I this is exactly how this game was supposed to go except Correct. uh the wrong team mm-hmm. put up points um yikes um new orleans defense was sluggish that offense did nothing i think it's I think they read a stat somewhere that it's like the first time in like what 300,533 games that Drew Brees has played that they haven't scored 10 points. Probably. I mean, you think coming off the bye, your team would be better, but they were sluggish, like you said. Yep. Uh, Kansas City at Tennessee, Magic and Music Town. That was that was a game and a half. That was um, exciting. That block kick at the end was extremely exciting. Um, that was I. I mean, that was intense. Miami. They're, they can't even tank good. Like, this yeah. team is literally the worst that's, in every that's category. That's how bad they are. Well, they probably saw Cincinnati trotting 11 uh, paraplegics out there and decided, you know, 
oh, maybe we could try a little bit. We don't want to be as bad as the Jets. Uh, yeah, so they win in an upset. Literally, <laughs> I think literally everything they because the coaches and the players don't want to lose, but it's certainly ownership, GM, whoever else. They pulled Ryan Fitzpatrick out of the game. Like I don't know if you saw that or not. They but, did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can see. Like I, I haven't seen it in a bit, but I think you can see Ryan Fitzpatrick saying, "What are you talking about?" Like when they're pull, like whoever the it's the neutral concussion guys pulling out of the game, and Ryan Fitzpatrick's like what the fuck are you talking about? Like, why are you pulling me out of the game right now? So clearly someone somewhere slipped someone a 50, a hundo, whatever, to get Fitzpatrick out of Dude, that game. It's it's Miami. It was definitely a $5 bill. <laughs> they don't have much more. Um, so that happened. Uh, the Rams lost in Pittsburgh. Yikes. I mean, I did talk about it roughly at the beginning of the season that the Rams and the Chiefs might get figured out, but I didn't think it'd be this bad for the Rams. They've had a lot of injuries and whatever else, but... It's looking ugly. I don't for think that team. Todd Gurley touched the ball at all in the fourth quarter. That was one of the things that I read, and and he's. I mean, he's been on a snap count healthy. all year, but yeah. yeah, they say he's healthy. Um, and so Sean McVay said, "My bad." Um, Cooper Cup didn't get it. I think he got four targets, zero catches, zero yards. Um, so thank you, Jared Goff, for making me lose a T. Um, but yeah, other than that, Pittsburgh defense looks solid. I mean, they had a couple takeaways and a touchdown. So yeah, that team's surprisingly good with no Big Ben and uh no bell no brown that's looking good did you watch the monday night game josh did i ever what yeah. what a, anyone who watched the monday night games knows that was a classic we just witnessed i told nikita the very next day i i wanted to go to bed and like at halftime and i was like okay this is a good game i'm gonna stay up i'm gonna wait until it gets out of hand right wait till it's it lopsided. never got out of hand and then it got to overtime i was like you know if they get in the red zone i'm just gonna go to bed and get ready for bed and then check in on it see how it see how it ended All right so i watched that entire game even overtime. Right. Have you seen the controversy? Uh, talking about Geno Smith? Or which, there's a lot of, there's yeah. plenty of controversy, but are you talking about Geno Smith? Oh, yeah. The overtime flip? Yep. Yeah. Heads or tails? Tails. He called heads and it's heads. <laughs> Geno Smith is like, you're goddamn right he called heads. <laughs> well, I heard heads during the broadcast. Uh, I guess I, I didn't even register it. I just heard what the ref said. And I that's well, yeah, that that's what I meant. Right. And it's like, if he didn't call heads, Geno probably would have reacted more than he did. Um, but I mean, at the no, same, that's, a, that's a veteran move though to like let it play out and be like yeah i did say heads but um and we're gonna spend i want to spend a little bit more time on this i mean green sure. bay has a buy so we don't have to talk about anything there right uh, for next week but go for it i read so we were texting back and forth and the refs have been getting a lot of flack this year rightfully so they've been not great booger breath or whatever his name is and <laughs> booger mcfarland whatever his name joe i, I, I don't, don't even I don't care the guy no yeah I have no they idea. were they were trying to get bjs from the ref the entire game this is a really good call i, I think mean, they're doing a great job to and their then, credit the refs had a couple good calls a couple good that's great but then they had the roughing the passer on uh on, on pretty all, boy all you heard was crickets you know yeah and then they had the non-roughing the passer on russell wilson on a play uh, what was the who was the guy who caught the ball and had double helmet to helmets? Is it two negatives cancel out? Is that what that was? I think so. Because it was on Seattle, two helmet to helmet contacts, no call, crickets. And so I read an article and I was like, it can't be that bad. And it reminded me of all of the missed calls. There were more missed calls than there were touchdowns in that play. In a play or in the game? In the game. Okay. In that game. No, it was it was and 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 like you said crickets whenever there was just a missed call i, I mean, think i think boomer got a talking to after that packers lions game yeah yeah, yeah was, he was he was hot 
Yeah, and and he was he, he was, was calling out the refs left and right. Yeah, and, he was over there getting the lubriderm out, just saying, "Good call, good call." There's probably someone under that desk in the booth for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then he had to take his turn. Of but course. yeah, I mean, overall, Josh Gordon, two catches for what, like 14 yards? Clutch greatest receiver in the game played like at 28 snaps i think i saw but no that game was very exciting i think there were seven turnovers the game was like 80 percent defense russell wilson throwing that uh pick in the red zone first of his career first of the season first of the week i don't know i think it was the second of the season um but yeah i don't know if it was first in red zone or whatever um but i think it was the second of the season yeah first in the red zone <laughs> right uh which was i mean that was intense i was gonna say it's not the first in his career because super bowl and then yeah then at the very end um uh, well, oh, it was, it was like they, the Seahawks are about to march down, or they're trying to march down the field for the final field goal of the game. They run a four verts. San Fran's in man. And Russell Wilson just runs for like 15, 20 yards. Like, what are you guys fucking stupid? Russell 21 Wilson? yards. He's done that for like his entire, like probably six-year career at this point. But Russell Wilson's a mobile guy. He's going to run. And they don't spy him or nothing. They probably just thought he was too high. Idiots. God, yeah. Well, that, that dude's got some eyes on him. Um, but so yeah, very, very exciting game Monday night. Could definitely be a playoff preview, um, you know, depending on how the playoffs shake out. But what a game, just like you said. Um, all right, let's move on to previewing the Homer games. I'll start. All right, go ahead. Green Bay is eight and two going into the bye week. Don't get arrested. I don't know. Actually, I do have a little bit of a tidbit. Did you see that interview with Jamal Williams? Mm. So uh, I think it was Monday at one of the like. Uh, kind of end of the week type interviews they're asking him a question i didn't even listen to it but i just read kind of some of the comments and it's like a 30 second clip and like 20 seconds in jamal just looks up and he he definitely has some goofy answers to questions okay and he looks at him and goes i'm not gonna lie i stopped listening halfway through and he just starts giggling <laughs> and uh and then the comment or the caption was by week it's begun <laughs> <laughs> i like that uh no i didn't see that but that's funny um so yeah i mean we we haven't even had a buy yet we just had a mini buy and we had a player with a dui and an illegal possession of a gun on that so as long as you guys aren't fucking idiots like the vikings you should be fine um but so yeah green bay doesn't play this week the world celebrates minnesota i'll try and be very brief because we're gonna we're gonna be very long today we're shooting for under 90 minutes at this point but minnesota plays <sighs> denver in minnesota i said it last week this game doesn't seem important but this game is a must win even if they're a bad team um defense needs to, to have a better showing we're playing against what uh, alan i'm going to say brandon allen i don't know if that's his first name i think it's brandon allen is the quarterback the fact that i didn't know it tells you everything you need to know about this team denver's defense despite what the record is is stacked but the offense needs to do just enough and if our defense can't shut down brandon allen woof um so the game's a must win we were not going to have any postseason success unless we went out and have home field advantage in the playoffs um because this team isn't just quite built for that so that's what i think it's a must win and that's that josh you it looks like you had a note um yeah i just wrote that defense needs to step it up for minnesota i mean it's not a bad defense but they're not the world beaters they used to be so and with the offense um in the position it's in um with injuries and and different things aside um they need to they need to stop um, teams as well because I don't. Um, I, I guess I don't think that um, the offense is going to win as many games if the defense isn't performing well. The team, the games that you guys have won, it seems the defense has done its job. Um, then again, you know, I've been proven wrong on the offense. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Delvin Cook's good. 
I don't like Diggs. I think he fumbles too much and is cocky and arrogant for no reason. Um, <laughs> for no reason? Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, you can say you can certainly say your Thielen, opinions is Thielen's, not like the guy. Go for it. Uh, Thielen's likely not to play um, is what I read today. Mm-hmm. Um, I read the same so, thing. you know, it is – this is – if, the, if there's a trap game on the schedule, it's this one, six and three versus three and six at home. Um, but at the same time, it should be a win. Um, I think the offense is, I think the offense is stronger than uh, Denver's defense. Yeah. I mean, this is just like the Washington game. It probably won't be sexy. We probably won't win by 48 points, but who cares? Just win the game. It doesn't matter how much you win by a team this season. So that's that Josh, let's talk about some week 11, um, jingling in your tingling. Houston at Baltimore. Good game. <laughs> Dallas at Detroit. Is Detroit done? Nolens at that Florida team. The one in the Bay. Yikes. Don't mess up, New Orleans. Chicago in LA. Rams, that is. Both teams are struggling. What happens? Patrick Mahomes and the red team with the mustache man at the Mexican Chargers. They've both been bad. Playoffs. Could be in shake. I don't know what I just said. <laughs> Potential be, playoff implications. <laughs> <laughs> Locks and upsets. Locks. I don't know what, the, what the, that was like. Almost, I was like, that felt like a slam poetry thing we were doing there. We were slamming. Oh, it wasn't. We were, we were just reading things very slowly. All right, Josh Locks, and oh god, come on, play for me, baby girl. Don't do this to me now. There we go. Locks and upsets. We have a new leader, Josh. Jalen is no more. The <laughs> Kyle Jevnogger now tops the leaderboard. The dude has hit on ten, or has hit on nine upsets in a row. He's unstoppable. Kyle with 25 points. Jalen right behind him, 24. T, 22. Brad, 21. Brian, 20. Nikita, 20. Jesse, 18. Jordan, 18. Walters, 18. Garlic, 17. Josh, 16. Sweet 16. Eric, Derek, Aaron. They got no chance. Next week, we're opening up for double upsets. We'll see if that changes the landscape. But right now, it's Kyle's games to lose. Jalen and T right on his heels. Brad, Brian, Nikita, wild cards. Who you got this week, Josh? I've got Minnesota, as Den- Minnesota versus Denver as my lock, like I mentioned. I, I, it's a, it could be a trap game, but I don't see it. I don't see Zimmer letting that happen after uh, the embarrassment of Buffalo last year. And then my upset is New York Jets and Washington. Apparently, Washington is favored. They're, they're favored by a full point, so I think he got that one in at the right time. Um, all right, let's see. Who do I got? I got Minnesota over Denver. I told you to send me a sounder if you want one, Josh. Do you want the same sounder? Uh, this one. Team has a bunch of losers in Minnesota. You're so predictable. Wait, no, that's my lock. Never mind. <laughs> bunch of losers in Minnesota. All right, and then my upset is Pittsburgh over Cleveland. It's the Thursday night game, and the fact that Cleveland was favored by three when I looked at it is ridiculous. Cleveland sucks, even if the game's in Cleveland. Pittsburgh is hot to trot. I'm taking pity. My lovely wife has Oakland beating Cincinnati, which I think is a great lock. And then her upset is the same as yours, Pittsburgh over Cleveland. Copycat, I to, no fair. I think, uh, I think your upset is atrociously bad and awful, but Nikita, great pick. Yeah, I feel the same no, way. I'm just kidding. That was one of the ones that I was looking at, too. 
Then yeah. I got to thinking, I'm not going to trust some stupid red-nosed reindeer to lead my team to an upset. How dare you? What if he gets injured and they call him the world champion duck caller, Ducky Hodges? Son of a bitch. <laughs> Just saying it's a possibility. No word from Eric's or Walter's this week uh, so far. Our weekly contributors are, guess, just taking a bye week. That's fine. It's totally fine. Totally fine, guys. We don't need your content. We're not desperate. Um, but the only other locks and upsets we have are Brian so far. Brian, he's got Minnie over Denny as his lock. And he's got Houston over Baltimore as the upset. I think that's kind of brave with how we've seen Baltimore play recently. They're not unbeatable, but, um, you know, they're certainly favored. So we will see, Brian. We will see. We want to move on, Josh? Yeah. You know, I'm feeling, feeling something. That. Do you, got, do you got a fever? Got a little bit of a fever. I got a fantasy fun time fever. And what's the only prescription? What week are we in? Uh, this will be week 10 or it will be week 11. Only prescription is heroin. <laughs> the only prescription is more heroin. All right. So Josh, grain of salt. Oh, we always start fantasy fun time with a grain of salt. So as is par for the course for me, I will not stop being extremely average. I went four and four last week. Um, I am f- either four and six or five and five or six and four in all eight of my leagues. So very middle of the road. Two of my teams are doomed in my opinion, um, but I'm overall 43 and 37 on the year. So if you want to take my fantasy advice, take it with that fantasy grain of salt. I'm pretty average. I also got four wins this week <gasps> to be four and one on the week. Um, Bringing my overall record to 27-23, 54% win percentage. Back I am in the red. Five and the fi- I am five and five in four leagues. Just, you know, I'm the definition of average. Nice. Yep. No, if I was a coin flip, I'd be one or the other. That shit's deep, Josh. You should write a book. I, you know, funny you should mention it. I've been writing a coloring book for like the last 10 years. How's she turning out? Well, right now it's just a bunch of tornadoes, but uh, I'm I'm thinking I'm getting somewhere with my tornado coloring book. <laughs> okay. Do you want to go through the top performers of the week, Josh? Yeah. Quarterback, Jackson. Lamar Jackson, 33.4. Daniel Jones, the guy who I had picked up and decided to drop for Chase for Chase Daniels? Nope. Is that what you're going to say? Uh, no. Nope. For Chase Daniels. <laughs> Interesting. Probably would have gotten me more points than the guy I got. Uh, Daniel Jones, 30.3, and then Mahomes with 30. Derrick Henry had two big touchdowns for 33 points. Dalvin Cook, 31.3, and Aaron Jones, 27.3. I think that's like the fourth time we've seen both those guys in the same week as the top three they, performers. They've been studs, man. Christian Kirk, uh, 38 points on someone's bench. Darius Slayton with 34, and Tyreek Hill with 33. <laughs> <laughs> Tight ends. Um, we've got Mark Andrews coming back to the leaderboard with 23.3. Travis Kelsey, 20 and a half, and Whitey Hollister, 20.2. You have an absolutely breathtaking Heine. Thank you, Mr. Burgundy. Suds and duds. How'd you do, Gar? Well, Josh, I uh, had old BC Johnson as the stud. Um, he's only projected 5.5. It's a pretty low-risk pick. He only got 4.5, so that's negative one for me. Pick Zeke as the dud, though. Um, he was projected 19.8. I was like, nah, man, I got a good feeling about Zim. I was correct. He only got 8.3. That's positive 11.5 on Zeke, positive 10.5 on the week. I'm back, baby. 
Kai's trying to we, dig a hole in the hear, basement. We hear digging, yeah. Uh, Josh, that's me. I had Chris McCaffrey as a stud. He was technically a stud, despite losing. Um, he got 0.7 points over his projection. Uh, Nick Chubb, I had as a dud, who was in dud indeed with 14.1. In dud indeed, is that you just said? Yep. 3.5 like under his projection, bringing me up to 4.2 positive for the week. Ladies. Oh, oh fuck. I clicked off the page. What an idiot. Um, Eric's. Eric Ebron was a stud, 3.3 over his projection. Juju Smith-Schuster, 4.1 under his projection. Overall, Eric's was positive 7 on the week. Good for you, buddy. Nikita. Wolf. Um, her and I talked about it. She did have Latavius as a stud. That entire game for New Orleans was completely dudley. Um, and so she got negative 5.5 for her there. Chris Carson had that benefit of being in overtime, getting those extra yards, even though I think he outscored his projection before then. Um, so she got negative 10.1 on the week. Sorry, Nikita. Walters, Devin Singletary as the stud. Nope. He's projected 13, only got eight. Stefan Diggs as the dud. That was correct, though. 14.6 projected, 7.9 actual. Overall, Walters was 1.7 in the black on the week. My turn. Brian, <laughs> Derek Carr as a stud. He was not a stud. He got 13.1, 2.4 points under his projection. Albert Wilson, on the other hand, was a dud, um, giving him 8.2 points positive, finishing with 5.8 on the week. Not bad, Brian. Not bad. Not as good as me, but not bad. This week, I got Darren Fells as my stud. Dude's been a touchdown machine in Houston. Projected 6.8, gets one touchdown. He pretty... Uh, he surpasses that. Christian Kirk is the dud. Only a dud because he was shut down completely against San Fran last time, which was like three weeks ago. Um, so I think he gets shut down again, and uh, we'll see. Hunter Renfro. Probably a guy you guys haven't heard about too much. White guy receding hairline. Oakland Raiders. Beautiful. Looks like he's 45. He's a rookie. Um, he's projected 8.4. He is my stud for the week uh, just because I think people aren't going to take him seriously for A, being white, B, looking like their grandpa. My dud for the week, Jordan Howard, projected 11.6. He is going up against that stout New England defense, and he has Miles Sanders, who is, in my opinion, a top 10 running back. Really? <laughs> um, um, no, I'm just His kidding. His actual position, I think, was 26 last time I checked. Yep, but um, he, Jordan Howard projected 11.6, going, going up against New England. New England's defense is legit, coming off a bye. Yikes. Yikes, indeed. Josh is going to go investigate some digging, so I'll continue. Again, Eric's and Walters are currently no-shows in the week, which is totally fine. They're humans that exist, but Nikita's got Lamar Jackson as the stud. We don't have the projection. Um, Lamar Jackson's playing Houston, which is a terrible secondary. T-R-B-L. Terrible secondary. So definitely a chance for Lamar Jackson to light it up. And then David Johnson is the dud. That man, like we've mentioned, has been absent, has been wrong, has been bad has been all um, all negative adjectives you can think of in the last couple of weeks. We don't know what's going on, but that is a great dud pick, unless he's so bad that he doesn't play, in which case that won't count. But great dud pick, Nikita. Brian has Irv Smith Jr. as a stud, projected 3.9. That is two catches for nine yards. And with Kirk Cousins, that's just two catches. Two catches for nine yards, Josh? That'd be 2.9. Are you saying both catches are nine yards? No. That's still not quite there. No, I said three catches for nine yards. Oh, excuse me. And with me. Kirk Cousins throwing, that's three yards a catch. 
So, good pick, Brian. Royce Freeman is his dud, 9.9. .9. I think that's a fair pick because Philip Lindsay is going to get me 400,000 points in the... Uh, against Minnesota? Against Minnesota in the um, Victorious Secret League. If you say so, buddy. Um, loop, try again. Yeah, okay, well, Vikings are terrible. Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that. Damn, Gerby, you are good. All right. Um, so that was the fantasy fun time, Josh. Let's uh, let's talk about the redraft week. Week ten, we just had a week, a week that existed. I won, Josh. I believe you lost, if memory serves. Is that correct? Yup. Ha, nerd. Brief walkthrough of all the games. Uh, side bet winner. Oh, 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 Josh. That's a good call out. That is a good call out. Hold on. It's true that every man has his price, and it's also true that money won is a lot sweeter than money earned. Now he's a philosophizer. Derek won. Tyreek Hill got him 33 in the flex. 33 in the flex. That's a lot. Yeah. That was my stud, too. Sounds like you're good at this or something. I have a podcast. So, yeah, I'm the best. Anyways, brief walkthrough of all the games. All right. Uh, I beat Brian, like I said, 110 to 98. Um, wasn't a super convincing win. Ronald Jones, though, surprise, got me 22. Kirk got me 19. Brian, your defense was your scoring leader, so you were never going to win that game. Sorry, bud. Next we have... I don't have it pulled up. You're going to have to go through it all. <laughs> Next we have Jamie at Nate. Jamie beats Nate 115 to nine uh, to 94. Jamie is Patrick Mahomes and Christian McCaffrey were top two scorers. Of course, Nate had Kyler in there for some reason, but he was pretty good, 26.8, but not good enough. Next we have the biggest upset potentially in the season, definitely of the week. Hammer beats Willie, 159.3 to 143.9. Hammer had Amari Cooper, 32, Josh Allen, 25, Jarvis Landry, 24. Willie had Dalvin Cook, 33, Aaron Jones, 27, two of the top three running backs, Le'Veon Bell, 16. Willie, we've all regarded as the unstoppable team in the league, but Hammer puts it all together, no weaknesses. Hammer upsets the best team in the league by far. Good for you, Hammer. Next, Garrett beats Jesse, 104 to 93.6. Garrett refuses to die. I don't like his team, and yet he keeps finding ways to win games. Greg Olson and Robert Woods led it for Garrett. Aaron Rodgers was not good enough for Jesse. Neither was Gerald Everett or Allen Robinson. Next, we have Robin in what Josh dubbed as the forgettable. Robin beat Bradley, 109.5 to 109.1. Point four difference there. Robin was led by Derrick Henry, who had 33, and Debo Samuel with 19. Brad's Michael Thomas, um, what would we call it, coattail riding was not enough. Ryan Tannehill is the starting quarterback. That's interesting. The Brady Bradersons are starting Ryan Tannehill, but it wasn't enough. Sorry, Brad. Big League beat up on Little League, 95 to 89.5. T drafted Melvin Gordon in the first round. It was a joke until now. Can he make the playoffs? Probably not. Uh, he also had Kyle Rudolph, who uh, uncharacteristically had a 19-point game. Um, that was four catches for 14 yards. Dude at 19 points. So do that math. A lot of touchdown points. And then, Josh, Mark Andrews was your top performer. Devonta Adams, Nick Chubb. Just wasn't enough. T is what some would say, big league. Finally, holy shit. Am I seeing this correct? It wasn't the case at the time, but your wife changed her team name. Yeah. Okay, anyways, at the time, Derek the Walking Tacos beat T. Mitchell 126.3 to 84.6. As we mentioned, Tyreek Hill, beast for Derek. Derek's going to make the playoffs, which is crazy. Baltimore defense, 
and Chris Carson was his top three. Nikita, led by Dak, did not get enough on the board. That was that, Josh. In our predictions from last week, you had two correct out of seven. I had five correct out of seven. Yeah. Wait. Nerd. And that that was it on the week, Josh. Do you want to throw any other comments in about your matchup? Nope. Just texting the group. Oh. Okay. Well, do you want to move on to talking about pre or redraft league week 11? Yeah. Side bet for the week, 30, 30, and thriving. Team with the, any starter closest to 30 points. If there's a tie, second closest player. That seems like a fair tiebreaker to me. So, Josh, we got uh, playoffs right around the corner. Uh, we'll get into the matchups in just a second, but plenty of matchups with applica- or with applications with implications, is what I meant to say. Um, we have 14 teams. 13 teams are still in the hunt. Technically, Nate, the 14th team, is in the hunt. He's 2-8, and eight, though. Would need a miracle to get in the playoffs. So I'll say 13 out of 14 teams are still eligible, and could any of them could make the playoffs. Um, there's a lot of ties down at the bottom there. So we will see what happens. Um, no one is technically eliminated from playoff contention yet, and no one has technically clinched their playoff spot yet. So even the top team like Jamie could, in a perfect storm of madness, miss the playoffs. Pretty improbable, but possible. Um, if anyone was wondering, the playoff seeding tiebreaker is total points four. So even if you're not winning every game, if you want to win that tiebreaker, which I guarantee the last couple spots will come down to a tiebreaker, make sure you're putting up your best lineup every week. Get those points out of your starters so you can win that tiebreaker, even if your record isn't the best. All you need is a spot in the game and you have a chance. A chip and a chair in poker terms. Josh, what, are you going to talk the rest of the podcast or are you just going to keep texting the group? Oh, I'm going to, yeah. So hang on. What are we at? So we're talking about the week 11 matchups. You can either look at the agenda or you can look at ESPN. I'm looking at the agenda. First, I have Gar at Gar. Last two. So those notes are for like the playoff yeah. implications. You don't have to read those necessarily, but. Yep. So we got Garlic six and four going up against Garrett five and five. I have Garlic winning. Oh, Josh, do you mean it? No. Do you have any reasoning behind that, or just that's what you feel? That's I'm going straight truthiness on this one. Okay, for what it's worth, I'm projected to win 122 to Garrett's 114. Um, you know, I hate Garrett's team, and I'm sure he's going to beat me because I've been trash talking his team for weeks now. But the dude is somehow five and five. If the playoffs were today, he'd be the seventh seed. Just incredible. He'd be playing Willie though, so that'd be a woof. But uh, you know, I'm going to have to take myself here as well. Next game, we have Nikita, that's my wife, at Josh, that's me. We've got a marriage bowl going. Um, You know, I would pick this game, but we've got controversy going on in the league that shouldn't be a controversy because (laughs) due process had had been handled properly. Um, And so I'm just going to go ahead and abstain from voting. Okay, Josh abstains. Um, he is currently projected to win 119.4 to Nikita's 103.4. Again, that is barring whether or not Lamar Jackson is in his lineup. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I have to pick Josh in this one. The The interesting tidbit side piece of this game would be that Josh is on a, currently on a four-game losing streak. Nikita's on a three-game losing streak. So one of these teams has to turn it around. Otherwise, their playoff hopes are literally out the window. Um I don't know who Josh's quarterback could be if it wasn't Lamar Jackson, but I'll still take Josh in this one. And since Josh abstained... Well, it's going to be Lamar Jackson because I would use my commissioner powers to put him back on my team. 
You're, you have reached levels of very personal and pettiness, Josh, it appears. Absolutely. Well, at least there's that. Um, all right, so the next matchup is definitely America's matchup of the week. We have Willie facing Jamie. First place versus second place, 8-2 and two versus 7-3. and three. Jamie is currently projected to win 122.1 to 118.1, so it's going to be close. Willie's team has been unstoppable. He did just lose Austin Hooper. He does somehow have O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard has been terrible, has had a one good week, but it was last week, so who knows? Jamie, of course, has Patty Mahomes and Christian McCaffrey. Um, uh, Willie has Kyle Allen as starting quarterback. That's a little bit rough, but he's got Dalvin Cook. And his I think he has another stud running back, but I'm guessing he's on bye this week. Um, it looks like it might be a good, week to pl- a good week to play Willie, actually. His lineup doesn't look that crazy. I'm actually going to take Jamie in this one. I'm going to say Jamie continues to keep her first place reign, and I'm picking Jamie over Willie this week, led by, of course, Christian McCaffrey and um, Patrick Mahomes. Jamie. Next up, we have Jesse, 6-4 and four, and Nate, 2-8. and eight. I think Nate's going to plug in his two new players, and he's going to get the victory in this one. Is that what you think, Josh? Nate, the same Nate that didn't even set his lineup completely last week? Yep. All right, I'm picking Jesse. He's 6-4. and four. Nate's team is abysmal. Nate has all but given up, um, despite the argument Josh will try and make in his favor. Um... Jesse doesn't have Aaron Rodgers this week, but Derek Carr, I think, is a great substitute. I also like Julio Jones, Mark Ingram, Damian Williams has been hot of late, DJ Chark, Alan Robin. Yeah, I got to pick Jesse in this one. There's no way I don't. Okay, next we have Robin at AJ, both teams four and six. Currently, AJ is projected to win 121.6 to Robin's 26, or 26, 96.9, excuse me. Um, Hammer has been hot as of late, and I think he has a favorable last couple matchups. So right now, he's technically not in the playoffs if they were today, but I think Hammer makes it in the in the game. Um, he's got almost every advantage this week. I really like um, Josh Allen and Alvin Kamara. Amari Cooper is always a stud. Jarvis Landry's been getting hot. Hunter Henry, great flex. That's a sexy flex at a Hammer. Um, Robin's team is just too little too late. I'm taking AJ in this one. Same. Next up, we have T at Brad. 5 and 5 T versus Brad, 4 and 6. Um, I'm going to go with T on this one just because he just beat me. <laughs> you think he keeps going? Yep. Um, currently, Brad is projected to win 84.5 to T's 80.8. Um, currently, though, T is missing two players in his starting lineup. Brad's missing one. So, I mean, Brad has been sliding in the wrong direction. Brad being carried by Michael Thomas has been helping him immensely. Kareem Hunt is a great pickup. I think he has plenty of PPR potential for Brad. Meanwhile, the other side, T, Melvin Gordon's been getting hot. T is currently starting both Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, so that's that's got some balls on him. T also has the NFC West receivers locked down with Tyler Lockett and Emmanuel Sanders, both questionable, though, currently. Um, Kyle Rudolph will not repeat. He's got Tyrell in the flex. <sighs> I think this matchup's going to be closer than it probably should be, but I will also go with T just because I think T's team is getting hot here at the end with his um, his lineup finally getting together here. Final matchup, we have Derek at Brian. Um, the Walking Taco at the Skybusters. Currently, um, 
Derek is projected to win 115.7 to Brian's 95.6. Both of them currently have full starting lineups. I would assume Brian would have set his matchup, set his lineup by now. He's currently projected to lose by 20. Derek has been hella hot lately. I think Drew Brees bounces back against Tampa Bay. Uh, Philip Lindsay should have a bad day. OBJ is not that great. Actually, I don't like. I'm not in love with Derek's team as much as I thought it will. Tyreek Hill though definitely has the potential to carry that entire entire Derek team. Brian is, of course, led by Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. He's missing T.Y. Hilton, so that's not good for him. Um, I don't know. There's another matchup I think is going to be closer than what the paper is telling me. But just because I like Derek's momentum, I like what Derek's team has been doing, I'm going to take Derek here to beat Brian. Um, Brian, you're, you're in a good position, but your playoff spot is yours to lose, so you can't lose this one, buddy. Josh is feverishly texting the league continually, so... Texting Nate. Okay. Because, because he was the other person involved in the trade, not the league. <laughs> just kidding. You're detarded. Um, um, so Josh... No, I'm been, just texting him to text the group. Sure. So do you have an opinion on Derek at Brian, Mr. Truthiness? Derek. Okay. So that is all the matchups. Josh was pretty distracted, so kind of one-sided analysis there, but it happens from time to time. Josh is, of course, in a stressful situation at the moment with all the trade controversy. So that's it for the show. Um, I always ask Josh if he has any final words, and since I haven't read my phone since the podcast started, but it seems like some stuff is starting to pop off. Josh, do you have any final words you want to throw out there? Go Packers. Go Packers. Um, Josh, thank you for having me in your home. Nikita, thank you as well. I always say Odin and Kaya, fuck you. Um, Ryan Walters, thank you for listening. Eric Kesterix, Eric Landvik, Jamie Hammer, Levi Ogie, Zach Wells, Brian Knup, AJ Hammer, Bradley Knup, Jesse Morset, Jordan Bates. We all love you very much. We appreciate your listenership. Hiddenoaksoverdose at gmail.com, facebook.com slash hoodpod. We love you. We thank you. Playoffs are right around the corner. Go to sleep. So I assume just Nate is not saying anything yet, or? Not in the group. Okay.